Welcome to the Westminster Pulpit, an extension of the worship ministry at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Please contact us for permission before reproducing this message in any format, and may this sermon nurture your life in a meaningful way as we proclaim our Savior. Well, the Reverend Makuku is no stranger to our pulpit. He's preached here before, and in years past, we've sent many medical admissions teams to serve alongside him. It's been a while since we've done that, but we're hoping to increase those partnerships in coming years, and we're delighted that we could have him here to bring us God's Word. Reverend Makuku. Thank you, Pastor Dr. Yoktaka. And I also want to thank you as a church for this opportunity to be able just to share with you briefly from the word. I do not take it for granted because between the equator and here, it's like about 16 hours of flying. So I'm very, very grateful for this opportunity and also for standing with us back in the work in Kenya. My own calling from the year 1985, as a young believer who had dedicated his life to follow the Lord Jesus, I was exposed to the slums that are in Nairobi. I had come to Nairobi, my mother was a head teacher and had trained in special education uh, for those that have disabilities. And so when we came to Nairobi with her, Way back in 1970, my father had gone to look for greener pastures in your country here and also in Britain. And so when we came to Nairobi in 1970 as a young man for over 15 years, I never stepped into the poor neighborhoods of the city because we knew that those were places that one does not go to. If you go to, you should have said your last prayers because there were places that we really feared. But in 1985, we had some missionaries in our middle-class church in Nairobi that started going into the, what we call the industrial area slums of the city. And as I will go to translate for them, after one year, the Lord made it very clear that he wanted me to dedicate my life as a pastor in serving the urban poor of the city of Nairobi. So from the year 1985, that is where I have been serving my Lord and my Savior. That is where I have been doing evangelism and also engaging in works of mercy for the sake of the gospel. And so, Westminster, on behalf of the people back in Kibera, Nairobi, please accept our gratitude for the support that you have given us over the years. You sent us many, many times medical teams that will come and deal with very, very hard cases. Because when you are poor, uh, medical issues, health issues are like number six, seven, down on the list of priorities. And we pray that God will be able to bring you in his own time to be with us in the near future. 
I will be just looking briefly at one verse from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. And for us just to be able to get the context, I will read the the whole context in which verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2 is in, but we will just look at that verse for the next 10, 15 minutes. It will not be a long sermon. Because if I preach a long sermon, I will find myself preaching in Swahili and I will need a translator. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you he made alive when you were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among this, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of body and mind, and so we were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and made us sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Lord Almighty, we thank you that this is your word, that this is your infallible word, this is your inspired word, this is your very mind to us here, O God. And so I pray for the Holy Spirit that even as we look at your word briefly, may he open our eyes, may he open our ears, and O God, may he give us the great strength and ability to continue to obey your word. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This passage that we have looked at, for many of us when we became believers, for me as a young man in the city of Nairobi at the age of 16, this is one of those passages in the Bible that we memorize very, very early and we commit to our mind because it is one of those passages of Scripture that is very pivotal for our lives as believers. Paul here is in jail because of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that he had been preaching. He is in prison in Rome under the emperor Nero, one of the bloodiest Roman emperors to ever have ascended to the throne. But in prison, Paul is not looking at his own situation. He is not wallowing in looking for sympathy from the fellow believers that he had ministered to. 
But in the midst of that imprisonment, he is looking for ways in which he will be able to encourage the believers that had come to know the Lord through the preaching of the gospel. And in this case, where he had been able to preach to the Ephesian people. And he tells them, he encourages them in their Christian work that they should not despair for him that he is chained or that he does not have freedom to be able to continue the gospel. He writes to them to be able to encourage them that they should continue to stand strong in that word that he had brought before them, that they should not veer, they should not be tossed to and fro by all the teachings that even in those days had come to try and plant weeds in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He encourages them to continue on in the faith that they had come to believe that he had been the means to bring that faith over to them. And he tells them, reminds them of that which he had taught them, that they had been saved by grace through faith, and this was not their own doing. It was a gift from God. It was not because of anything good in them, but it was only freely given to them through the preaching of the gospel so that they had no place and none of us has any place where we will be able to go before the Lord and boast that it is how good we are or how meritorious our works were that the Lord had mercy on us and saved us. He says that it is none of that, but it is purely out of the grace that God showed them in his son Jesus Christ. And in verse 10, he goes on to show them that they were not just saved to live a good life, to live a comfortable life, but they were saved for the purpose of being able to be fully abounding in the good works that God through Paul here, as he tells us here, that God had created them for. They were not created for themselves, but they were created as God's workmanship so that when the world will be able to look at them, they will be able to see Jesus Christ being reflected in them. They will be able to see the light of the gospel in their lives they will be able to be looked at by the society. And as people looked at them, they will be able to know that these people are very, very different from us because they have a purpose and they have a reason and they have a design for the life for which they live. And so Paul here continues to remind them that they were created in Christ Jesus for these good works. And these good works are not of their own making. They are not of their own searching, but these good works are to be found in their Lord and their Savior, Jesus Christ. And so as they read about him, as they walked with him, as they prayed to him, 
as they sought his will for their lives in that in that part of the Roman Empire where they were, they were situated, they will be able to see these good works that God had created them for begin to unfold and so that in Ephesus they will be a mighty force of good. They are his workmanship. We are his workmanship. He is at work in our lives, creating us, molding us, forming us, so that we will continue to be a potent force in his hands in the works that he has created us for. And a believer who knows what God has called him to do in life, who knows exactly why God has placed him here, is always a person who will do a great, a great service, who will do great good for the Lord God Almighty. Because they will be living out their design, they will be living out their calling, they will be living out their purpose, fully assured that this is what the Lord God Almighty had created them for. I was the other day looking at my phone and I went to see what I had on Facebook and somebody had sent me a little video and it was a man from a country that is becoming very, very rich. I will not mention it uh, so that I do not rupture any diplomatic relations. Uh, but this person was very, very rich and had bought a vehicle uh, that's, that's called a Lamborghini. And he was not satisfied with that because as he will drive it, people will look at him, they will give him thumbs up, they will tell him what a great car that he had, but it wasn't enough for him to have that car unnoticed by the world. And so what he did, he took an axe, and smashed his car as another friend of his was filming him because he wanted to be famous in the whole world that he had a Lamborghini that he smashed to pieces so that the world would know that such a person existed. Yes, we know him, but we know him for being very foolish. We know him for the wrong reasons. If you see a person, for example, having a bed on the street and pretending that that bed was a car that they were driving on the road here that cars drive very, very fast, we will call the police immediately because a bed is not made for driving on the road, but a bed is made, is, is made for sleep, for sweet dreams, and for being ushered into slumberland. And so a believer who knows that God has created him in Christ Jesus, has saved him for good works, that this new creation that God has wrought in his life through the power of the Holy Spirit, saving him from the old man like we have read from sins and trespasses, and now transporting him into the realm of a new creation, 
into the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, where he is Lord and his guide, this person, like we have said, is a person that does great good. And these works, they are commanded by the Lord God Almighty. Just like we read in Micah verse 6, chapter 6, verse 8, that God has told us that he has created us to do justice, to show mercy, and to show kindness. And these works, they are an evidence of the true and living faith that we possess in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so our Lord himself told us in John chapter 15 that if we abide in him, we will be very, very fruitful. And these are the works that evidence that we already have faith in our walk with the Lord Jesus. And that the works, they are not the cause of our salvation, but they are the evidence that Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior. And so the effect, brothers and sisters, is that the good works that we do for the glory of the Lord, for the good of his people and the good of the church, they are a witness in a world that is lost. Like Peter tells us that when we abound in those works, we are able to shut the mouths of the enemies of the gospel because they are not able to gainsay what is right before their eyes, the hospitals that have been built, the schools that have been built, the poor that have been fed and been looked after, the, those that are on their terminal deathbed being cared for by believers, they are not able to gainsay that because that is the evidence that cannot be controverted. And so they help us to abound in thankfulness to the Lord. They help us to be strong as we walk with the Lord and as we even trust him for more. They help us as believers to adorn the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ so that it is attractive so that even as orally we share the gospel by our works of mercy, by the way we interact with people, they are able to see that we are different and that we are living for a higher purpose. So just like we said, they are in no way meritorious, but like the servants that Jesus gave us a parable about in Luke chapter 17, verse 10, after we have done all that the Lord God Almighty has commanded us, we come before him and we confess that we are but unworthy servants who have done that which, we have, what, which, which he has commanded. And so we give the glory back to him, we draw attention back to him, we make sure that he is the only audience of the good works that we are engaged in. Let me close by sharing with you briefly the power of good works through the church back in Kenya. 
we could share many stories, uh, but we'll, we'll do that when you come over to Kenya. Because there we don't have a clock in the church, so we are timeless out there. <laughs> yeah, where we are in the slum of Kibera, because the place is so huge, we have basically uh, looked down, looked at one portion. It, it's divided in villages, 16 villages. And so we have adopted one of the villages as the place where we will pour our energies in the proclamation of the gospel. It is the poorest section of all of Kibera because even amongst the poor, there are also, also levels of poverty. And the people usually who live very close to a little body of water, those are the poorest because when the floods come and sweep away their houses, uh, the landlords will, really will not care. So the poor congregate around the water bodies and that's where we are placed. In the slum, one Wednesday my wife, Martha, teaches the ladies' Bible study on Wednesday. Close to 60 women come regularly, faithfully, for two hours of Bible study and prayer and singing and worship. There walked in a lady who had a huge tumor in one of her eyes. It was bigger than my fist here, and my fist is pretty big. So it was really big, bulging out. And in the slum, she will go around wearing a scarf so that she will hide that part of her body that for many, many people found very revolting. And she came to this Wednesday Bible study, and my wife uh, was taken aback for, for quite a few minutes, but prayed and got strength and engaged the lady. And the lady told her that she had gone to a church, a, a hospital run by the Catholics about half an hour in the middle class area away from Kibera. And they had examined her over a period of time and told her that she should look for a church because there was no hope for her. Look for a church, make peace with the Lord God Almighty because the tumor was cancerous and so by God's mercy and in his providence she came to our church because we've been there since 2002 so most people in that community know us and they will actually come to us and show us very dire cases that we will need to follow up. So my wife said, no, you are not going to die. She is a great prayer warrior. You are not going to die. You are going to be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so for over a period of three months, there are some very good hospitals in Nairobi. We took her to them, got some ladies who had some time to be able to take them to the hospitals, 
And after three months of medication and being treated, they were able to get rid of the tumor. They were able to do surgery. And if you had never met her, you will never know that that was the situation that she came from. And the lady, she is so grateful to the Lord. All her neighbors where she stays, she brings them to church Sunday after Sunday. All the children in the plot where she stays, they all come to the church. And she is our greatest evangelist in that part of the slum because people who knew her cannot imagine that she is the same person. And so God has used that in a very, very great way to bring men and women to himself through what they have seen God do in her life. And so for us who have been part of what God was doing, being part of that means, we just told the Lord, yes, we will commit to serving you. We will commit to doing good works in your name in this community. Yes, it may be very, very difficult. People may be in grace, but Lord God Almighty, we will not give up because it is for your sake and for your glory. So Westminster Church, as I close, I again am very thankful for your support for us in Kenya. Not only in Kenya, but just being here with you, the work that you support all over Africa. You are doing it for the Lord. Your reward will not be here on earth, but it will be in heaven. Because if you do good works to be for people to clap for you, yeah, Jesus says that you have your reward. But in heaven, we will be able to know fully the extent of the impact of the work that you are doing all over the world. So again, thank you very, very much. I pray that before too long, you will be able if it's to bring a medical team, I know Pastor Taka will be visiting. We pray that very soon you will be able to visit and work alongside us even for 10 days just to be part of what God is doing in that part of the world. So thank you. Thank you for giving me great hosts, uh, Keith and Becky Arvin. Thank you for those people Thank you, thank you. In Swahili, we will say, Asante, Asante, Sana. Let me stop there, because I see Swahili is beginning to overpower English. So I will sit down. <laughs> thank you. The Westminster Pulpit is courtesy of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You are welcome to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 8 or 11 a.m. To learn more or have questions about the gift of salvation through Christ Jesus our Savior, contact us at westpca.com. Thank you, and may Christ be glorified through this ministry 
the Westminster Pulpit.